0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 642 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. So I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we got a lot to get to, basically. Just going to hit the ground running here. I want to talk a little bit more about Vincent Trocheck and how he fits into this New York Ranger lineup. You know, where might he line up as far as opening night line combinations are concerned? Will he be on the top power play unit, the second power play unit, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. We'll get to all that in just a second. We will also discuss a pair of Ranger free agent signings. That would be Turner Elson, as well as Andy Walensky, who each have two-way contracts uh, with the New York Rangers after, you know, signing during this free agency period here. But we start with, once again, kind of the man of the hour here, Vincent Trocheck. Rangers have signed a couple of different free agents since the window opened uh, a little bit less than a week ago at this point. But by far, you know, the headline grabber is certainly Vincent Trocek. And as far as, you know, trying to figure out the line combinations right now, I'm going to do my best. I think for right now, we've got to operate under the assumption that Tyler Mott will not be back with this team next season. I'm not 100% convinced one way or the other, but I think the odds are against it at this point. We'll see. It is interesting that he's still kind of lingering out there. But as far as opening night line combinations are concerned, I think this is what I would go with. So top line, I would go with Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider on the left wing, Alexi Lafreniere on the right wing. Now with Lafreniere, in the past, there have been times where I've been a little bit hesitant to, you know, kind of move him over to the right wing whenever I've been trying to pitch line combination ideas, but I think he's kind of proven that he can handle it. You know, there was a stretch last season where he was playing with Mika and with Kreider, and he had one of the uh, best streaks that he's had since coming into the NHL while playing the right wing. So that kind of alleviated my concerns there. And I think Lafreniere, you know, him and Mika, they have sneaky good chemistry, and I'd like to see the Rangers be able to take advantage of that at some point uh this upcoming season. Uh for the second line, I've got Trochek centering Panarin on the left wing, Kako on the right wing. I know Kakko at times, you know, he can be very frustrating, but at a certain point, I gotta just kinda say you know, sink or swim to uh, Capo Caco. He's going to get an opportunity to play with two excellent players, uh, Artemi Panarin. That alone should give him a little bit of a boost. We've seen everybody from Ryan Strom to Jesper Foss to Colin Blackwell to pretty much everybody get the uh, Panarin bump. You know, those players all contribute in their own right, but uh, playing with Artemi Panarin naturally should just make you that much better. So Capo Caco is going to get his chance this year. He gets to play right wing, which is obviously his position. And he plays with somebody who brings a lot of grit in Vincent Trocheck. I got to put Capo Caco in position to succeed. And I think that's one of the best ways to do it is to put him out there with Artemi Panarin. Sink or swim, he gets, you know, 20, 25 games, whatever it might be. If he's not getting it done and a shakeup is needed, then so be it. But for right now, I'm going with Trocheck centering Panarin, and Caco on the second line. Uh, the third line, this is where it kind of gets interesting I think I got to go with Hedl at center. And I know on here, you know, I've talked in the past about maybe moving Hedl off of center and allowing him to play wing because I just think he's better suited for that. But the Rangers aren't going to do that. I I think they've proven by now that they see Hedl as a center for better or worse, and that's where he's going to play. So I've kind of just given up on it. So give me Hedl at center. Uh, I'm going to go with Sammy Blay on the left wing. And this is where it gets kind of tricky because Blay, for the most part, has only played right wing. I... I'm not sure if he could handle left wing. I mean, that's probably a question that the Ranger coaching staff will assess. You know, if they want to try putting Blay on the third line here, uh, you put him on the left wing and you put Vitaly Krasov on the right wing. Blake can kind of do a little bit of the dirty work. He's the big guy and he can set up, uh, you know, the smaller guys, the more skilled guys uh, by, you know, digging some pucks out of corners and whatnot. Um, so I like that as the third line. You're certainly not going to put Krasov on the fourth line. And of course, with Krasov, there's certainly the possibility that he ends up getting traded uh, you know, sometime between now and the start of this upcoming season. I think it's more likely than not, but we will see how that shakes out. And the fourth line, I'm going to go with Carpenter, centering Goudreau on the left wing, Ryan Reeves on the right wing. That's a really nice checking line, big physical, tough line. And a combination that I think as far as the fourth line is concerned, that's got to be up there in the NHL with, you know, one of the better ones, I would think at least. And that leaves uh, Hunt and Gautier as healthy scratches. Gautier's another one. I think there's a very good chance that he gets dealt before the season starts. He's actually requested a trade. And at a certain point, you know, you just kind of get squeezed out of the lineup. And I think that's what we're going to see with Gautier. Uh, Hunt, you know, hardworking player. I'm sure he'll mix in at times, but I would kind of have him as as the odd man out. Uh, the other option to just run through this real quick, you could keep the kids together and go with them as your second line, and then kind of super stack the top line with Mika centering Panarin on the left wing, Kreider on the right wing, and then you have Trocek centering the third line with presumably Blay and Kraftsoff. I mean, you could go that way, but for me, you know, Vincent Trocek is the big free agent signing for the Rangers this offseason, so I'd like to see him uh, in a top six role. If you really want to keep the kids together, you can do that, and you can make them the second line. I slightly lean toward uh, having Trocek in that uh, that top six uh, role there, and Heedle can center the third line. But we'll see. You know, the Rangers obviously have some options. That's always a nice thing. And in just a second, we're going to kind of dive into this a little bit deeper as it pertains to Vincent Trocek. Once again, you know, he's the headline grabber. He's the big prize you know, get of the free agent period here for the New York Rangers. He's obviously the highest price free agent that they brought in this offseason. So I want to continue talking about him a little bit and discuss, you know, where he fits in. We already kind of penciled him into the second line with Panarin and with Kako, but I want to talk about some other roles he can play and some other things that he can bring to the table for the New York Rangers. And we will do all of that in just a second. But first, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Bilt Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Bilt have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puff's treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Bilt Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. Go to built.com right now to make sure that you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing. All Bilt Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built Puffs right now. Go to built.com. use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. All right, I just want to thank you guys as always for making Locked New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18 on Locked NFL wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, so we're past, you know, the initial excitement of Vincent Trocek signing with the New York Rangers. I mean, I'm still very excited about it. He's one of my favorite non-Rangers in the league and has been for quite some time. And I think, you know, it's a little bit of a polarizing move, but I think most Ranger fans are mostly on board with the signing of Vincent Trocek. I know a couple of people, you know, look at the seven years and they're like, wow, that's a lot to give to Vincent Trocek. Yes, it is. Uh, We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a second uh, as well. But, you know, just to continue to just talk about Trocek and how he fits into this team and what he brings to the table— you know, the first thing I want to do is kind of compare him to Ryan Strome because Strome's the guy that's been in that second line center role, which I think is going to be tailor-made for Vincent Trocheck this season. There's a perception right now, I think, that, you know, Strome's probably the slightly better offensive player. He'll end up with uh, more points than a player like Vincent Trocek, but Vincent Trocek has the uh, better all-around game. When you factor in the fact that he can, uh, you know, kill penalties, he's a good defensive forward, he's very good on the face-off circle. Uh, I think for sure Trocek has the better all-around game, but even with just the offense, you know, again, because I I do think there's a perception that Strom would probably end up with more points in this role with the Rangers than Trocek will end up getting. I'm not 100% convinced the more that I've looked at it, though, because— and even if, you know, Strom would have ended up with a few more points, it would be just that, just a few more points than what Trocek would get. I don't think going from Strom to Trocek is a massive offensive downgrade, if it's even a downgrade at all. Uh, but with Strome, you know, last year, he had 54 points in 74 games. Trocek had 51 points in 81 games. So as far as, you know, points per game is concerned, Strom's got him beat by a little bit. But keep in mind, you know, Strom has benefited from the fact that he's played with Artemi Panarin uh, the last handful of seasons. Trocek's had some good line mates as well, you know, over there uh, with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. But I think, you know, obviously with Trocek, just like anybody else, the fact that you're playing with Artemi Panarin, or at least it looks like he's going to be playing with Artemi Panarin, that will give you a bump. And if, you know... Trocek ends up playing on the Ranger top power play unit, oh yeah, that'll give him a heck of a bump because, as we know, that Ranger top power play unit is absolutely lethal. They score a ton of goals. The Rangers are very reliant on that unit to produce a lot of uh, goals and a lot of offense, probably uh, to a fault because the Rangers do have to get better 5v5, but that kind of leads me in very nicely to the next thing that I wanted to talk about with Trocek, and that's his fit on the power play. I think at this point, you're know, looking at the Ranger depth chart, it looks... I don't want to say obvious. I mean, it kind of does look obvious. I think Trocek will be on one of the two power play units. He's got a shot at maybe replacing Ryan Strom on the top unit. Uh, you look at that top unit, absolutely lethal, just weapons all around the ice uh, between you know Panarin, Mika, Kreider, Fox, and uh, you know, in years past Strom, and now there's an opening there. Uh, maybe Trocek gets a shot at it. Maybe Heedle, maybe Lafreniere. We'll see. Uh, with Trocek, though, you know, if, if he's going to replace Ryan Strome, then that would kind of put him in the bumper role, which is fine. I think certainly he could handle that. But I do wonder if maybe Trocek would be a little bit better served playing on the second power play unit and kind of playing the Chris Kreider role down there. The guy that goes to the net, creates havoc, you know, cleans up all the the loose change in front of the net, uh, sets screens and whatnot. Because obviously Trocek, you know, a hard-nosed player, a grinder, I think that would fit his style a little bit more than bumper. And like I said, I, I think he can play either roll just fine. But, you know, we're almost conditioned as Ranger fans at this point to think that, like, you know, the the top power play unit is is just elite and the second power play unit is, you know, you're just not going to get a whole lot from them. You know, that's kind of where we've gotten. Now, that second power play unit for the Rangers did play a little bit better toward the end of last season and even scored a couple of goals in the playoffs as well. But, You know, there's not anything set in stone. There's nothing, you know, that's been decreed since the beginning of time that your top power play unit has to be so much better than your second power play unit. And of course, last year, that was the case for the Rangers. And as a result of that, the top unit got a heck of a lot more playing time than did the bottom unit. Um, But with all that said, you know, you can spread the wealth a little bit if you want. I know some people talk about the idea of, well, maybe put Panarin and Mika on two different power play units because... You know, they both play the left side so well. They both just let shots rip from the left side there. I would not do that. Uh, For starters, I like the idea of Panarin and Mika getting at least some ice time together. And if they're not going to be line mates for 5v5, then I at least want them out there together on the power play. And I don't want to mess with that top power play unit too much. I mean, Strom is gone, but the other four are still there. The big four, Fox, Panarin, Mika, Kreider, I think they should all still be on the top power play unit and all still be together based on what they did this past season. But you should still have enough, if you're the Rangers, to put out a heck of a second power play unit when you look at the players that are left after the four I just mentioned. And for right now, for the purposes of this exercise, let's just pencil in Alexi Lafreniere to that top power play unit. I think it's time to sort of take the training wheels off, whatever training wheels are still left for Alexi Lafreniere play him on that top power play unit, really get him going. I think a lot of Ranger fans are really looking for him to explode in year three here. Give him every opportunity to do so by putting him on the top power play unit uh, with that awesome quartet that we saw just make magic all last season whenever the Rangers had a power play. But if you do that, you still have a second power play unit potentially of, you know, we'll start on the blue line. We'll start with Miller and Truba. We'll have two defensemen on the ice. You could have Vincent Trocek, Filippedo and Capo Caco rounding out the quintet there. You know, Trocek can go out there, do some of the dirty work in front of the net, look for redirections, look for rebounds, stuff like that. You could see Filippedo in the bumper role. We saw him play that role multiple times when Ryan Strom was out of the lineup last season. Filippito would sub in to the top unit. And, you know, Capo Caco, you got to have him out there too. I mean, he's, again, somebody that the Rangers are really trying to get going this season. I think uh sink or swim is a good philosophy to have when it comes to Capo Caco right now. Put him in every... Conceivable situation to succeed that you possibly can. And obviously, getting him some work on the man advantage definitely helps. But I think Trocek, you know, again, you've got some options. That's something that he really brings to the table, just kind of a Swiss Army knife and somebody that, even when it comes to the power play unit, you have the choice of whether you want to put him into Strom's old role and put him up there with the top unit or spread the wealth a little bit, go with him on the second unit and use him as kind of, you know, in the Kreider role on the second power play unit. It's an interesting situation. I think I would slightly prefer the latter. I like him in the Kreider role on the second unit, and I like uh, getting Alexi Lafreniere some time on that top power play unit. But again, Trocheck, one of those guys by his very nature by the very brand of hockey that he plays you're going to have some options as far as you know how how you'd like to line up and how you'd like to deploy your players figure we can uh, leave you guys with a couple of quotes as it pertains to Vincent Trocheck then move on to a couple of other things before we call it a day here but you know Trocheck he, part of the reason why he signed with the Rangers, he said as much, is because of Gerard Gallant. Those two were together for a few years when Gallant was the coach of the Florida Panthers, and obviously Trotrek was playing there, but this is what Trotrek had to say uh, as far as, you know, playing with the Rangers, you know, signing with the Rangers, and how it had something to do with Gerard Gallant. This is what he had to say. It had a lot to do with it. I spent some time with Turk in Florida. I got to know him really well, and I had a really good relationship with him down there. He's one of my favorite coaches that I've ever had. So having him in New York was another huge draw. And yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of guys that have played for Gallant seem to really like him. I don't think there have been too many players that have had any ill will to speak of him. I mean, the Rangers this past season obviously played very, very hard for him. I don't really get all the Gallant criticism. I mean, you know, at times, there's a couple of things he does where I'll, I'll scratch my head a little bit, and, you know, I'll be fair on here. If I if I think he makes a mistake, like, for example, uh, making Capo Caco a healthy scratch for game six, I think that was a mistake. Uh, I'll say it, but for the most part, I don't know how you can argue with what this guy has done uh, so far with the New York Rangers, and now, I mean, he's attracting free agents to the team. You know, if you really like Vincent Trocek, and you're happy about this signing, Trocek said it himself. Part of the reason why he came here was because of Gerard Gallant. so... Yeah, that's another uh, feather and glance cap as far as I'm concerned. Uh, This is what Trocek also had to say about uh, his playing style. I'm a little bit grittier, hard-nosed, but still have the ability to bring some talent and skill to the game. I like to think of myself as a 200-foot centerman who plays both sides of the ice pretty well. I definitely won't shy away from the corners. And again, I know there's some Ranger fans out there who, you know, they're scratching their head a little bit when it comes to Vincent Trocek. You know, what's so special about this guy? I don't get it. Why is everybody so obsessed with him? I think... Once we all start to see him play on a night in and night out basis, most Ranger fans are going to warm up to this guy pretty quickly. Now you do have to give him more than like you know a game and a half. You know if he's through halfway through the second period of the second game of the season and he doesn't have any points, just just relax, it it'll come, all right. But um, you know that's another thing. You know the Rangers obviously they'll have some new players this season and they'll have to rediscover the chemistry. Last year, the Rangers got off to a slow start offensively, and, oh, you know, these guys can't play together, but uh, it'll eventually get there, and I think Vincent Trocek is going to be a huge part of this game. Uh, Again, I just think Ranger fans will warm up to him very quickly. He's kind of an old-school, hard-nosed player, plays with a little bit of an edge. You know, he'll get in your face after a play. Uh, Just an exceptionally well-rounded game, and any longtime listeners of this podcast, you guys know I've been a big-time Trocek fan for a long time. He's been one of my favorite non-Rangers in this league for several seasons. I just really appreciate the type of player that can do a little bit of everything to help you win. And I really think Vincent Trocek is that guy. And like I said, uh, if I'm wrong, I'll come on here and admit it. I don't think I'm going to be wrong about this, though. For anybody that's still not so sure about Vincent Trocheck, I think uh, he's going to do a really nice job for this team. And I, I think, like I said, uh, Ranger fans should warm up to him fairly quickly. And as I alluded to just a second ago... I know there's some Ranger fans who do have some trepidation about giving a seven-year deal to Vincent Trocheck, And this is what Chris Drury had to say about it. He said the Rangers were very comfortable going to seven years with Vincent Trocheck, which by the way, is the maximum. Uh, when you sign a free agent from another team, you're no longer allowed to give them more than seven years. If you re-sign your own guy before free agency starts, you can go up to eight years. You know, the Flames were trying to do that with Johnny Gaudreau, and obviously it didn't work out for them. Uh, but so yeah, the Rangers go to the maximum Limit as far as years are concerned with Vincent Trocheck and uh, Drury, as far as why the Rangers did that, he said it helped with average annual value. So I certainly appreciate the honesty there. And that was kind of my hypothesis for a while when I saw this contract and the terms of the contract. You see, wow, seven years for Vincent Trocheck. Because, yeah, I'll admit, at first glance, that seemed like a lot. And even right now, it still seems like a bit of a lot for Vincent Trocek going to seven years. But you figure, you know, the Rangers, like we've been talking about on here, they have a little bit of a cap crunch. And so the way to kind of get around that a little bit as it pertains to pursuing a free agent, the quality of Vincent Trocheck is you offer him more years and you bring the average annual value down. You do that as a little bit of a compromise on both sides. Vincent Trocheck will take less money per year if you give him one or two extra years at the end of the contract. So I'm completely fine with it. This is the way for the Rangers to get their guy and put together a team that they think can compete for a Stanley Cup next season. So yeah, it's just the price that needs to be paid. And you know I know there's a lot of people, oh, this team overpaid for that. That team overpaid for that guy. This guy, this guy's not worth that much money. Look, unrestricted free agency, that's kind of the name of the game. You almost have to overpay at least a little bit because all these players are free and able to talk to any of the 32 NHL teams. You're up against a lot of other potential suitors, so you kind of have to overpay to get your guy more often than not when it comes to unrestricted free agency in this league. And did the Rangers overpay a little bit for Trojak? Yeah, probably a little bit. But that's the name of the game. That's the going rate for a player of his quality. And that's how you get him to come to the New York Rangers instead of, I don't know, the New York Islanders. They haven't done anything in free agency. Maybe they would have been in on Vincent Trocheck if the Rangers didn't, you know, make their move there and get their guys. So again, I'm completely fine with it. And I think a lot of Ranger fans, even people questioning this move, like I said, I think you'll eventually come around to it and uh, learn to like Vincent Trocheck as a very important member of this team. And uh, like I said in the intro, you know, we're going to turn our attention to some other things. We're going to talk about a couple of small free signings that the New York Rangers made. That would be Turner Elson and Andy Walensky. We'll talk about everything they've done in their hockey careers and what they bring to the table for the Rangers. And if there's a chance that they could uh, end up making an impact for the Rangers at some point this upcoming season. And we will do that in just a second. All right. Let's go ahead and turn our attention to a couple of minor signings by the Rangers in the free agency period. That would be Turner Elson as well as Andy Walensky. We'll go ahead and we'll start with Walensky. Walensky is a defenseman, uh, 29 years old, stands six foot one, 205 pounds. He has a righty shot, and the Rangers have given him a one-year two-way contract for $750,000. He will get $750K from the Rangers in the NHL, and he will get $400K uh, when he's in the minors. And he was a third-round pick. By the Ducks, all the way back in 2011, he went number 83 overall. Hasn't really been able to make much of an impact in the NHL. I mean, you take somebody in the third round, you hope that he eventually becomes a staple of your franchise. Uh, Never really happened with Andy Walensky. He has skated in just 46 career games. They are all with the Anaheim Ducks, uh, scored one goal and five assists. He also appeared in three playoff games with the Ducks and he actually did not appear in the NHL last season. Spent the whole season with the Stockton Heat of the AHL, which is the minor league affiliate of the Calgary Flames. I don't think the Rangers see him as much more than just organizational depth. Somebody that, you know, if there's an injury in the lineup and they need to call somebody up for, you know, just a couple of games, three or four games, maybe Andy Walensky can be that guy. And if nothing else, he's somebody that provides a little bit of a veteran presence for the Hartford Wolfpack. You know, obviously, by their very nature, AHL teams are going to have a lot of young players, a lot of prospects, a lot of guys hoping to eventually make it to the NHL and have long, successful careers in the NHL. I'm sure Andy Walensky still wants that for himself, although at this point, you know, again, 29 years old and has only played in 46 career games, the odds of him becoming like a true bona fide NHL regular are probably against him. You know, it's probably not all that likely to happen. Never say Never. You never know what can happen with the Rangers, you know, how crowded it is on their blue line. I don't expect him to ever become a staple of the Ranger lineup. But again, for what this signing is, just organizational depth, somebody that is a veteran. If you really need to call somebody up, you can do it. Um, And again, somebody that can kind of lead the way for some of these young guys on the Hartford Wolfpack. So uh, a small signing for the Rangers, but one that I think makes sense. You have to round out your AHL roster, and I think Andy Walensky is a fine choice for that. Again, bringing a veteran presence to the Wolfpack. The other signing by the Rangers, 29 year old left winger Turner Elson. Uh, looks like he also plays some center, although he is predominantly a left winger. Most of the websites that I've been on have him listed as a left winger. Uh, he signs a two year. Two way contract that has an average annual value of $762,500. He goes six feet tall, 195 pounds. He actually went undrafted, but he entered the league with the Calgary Flames and has basically just kind of bounced around the AHL ever since. Uh, Last year was probably his best of his career as far as the AHL is concerned. He scored 21 goals, dished out 24 assists for a total of 45 points in 73 games with the Grand Rapids. Griffins. Once again, of the AHL, the Griffins are the minor league affiliate of the Detroit Red Wings. And he had actually been with the Griffins for five seasons and has been an alternate captain with the Griffins for all of that time. Uh, For his minor league career, because he's played much more minor league hockey than he has NHL hockey. In fact, he's played 469 career games in the AHL. He has played three games in the NHL. But for his minor league career, once again, Four hundred and sixty-nine games, ninety-five goals, one hundred and fifteen assists, so two hundred ten points in four hundred and sixty-nine games. He is also a plus twenty-nine for his career in the AHL, and he has scored another six points in ten playoff games. And you know, I mentioned that he hasn't really seen much more than just a quick cup of coffee in the NHL. Uh, there's not really a whole lot to speak of here. He made his NHL debut back in twenty. with the Calgary Flames, played in just one game at that time. He actually got an assist in that game. And then last year, uh, no points in two games with the Detroit Red Wings. That's it. Just three career NHL games. I almost wonder, too, if like, you know, he's obviously been in the Red Wings organization for a pretty long time now. So, you know, five years with the AHL team. I almost wonder if toward the end of this past season, you know, maybe they just decided to cut the guy a break and call him up to the NHL for a couple of games. I mean, he's been there for half a decade has never been able to crack the lineup in the NHL, and obviously the Red Wings weren't going to be going to the playoffs. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. Um, But yeah, I mean, either way, I think it's kind of the same situation with Elson as it is with Walensky. I think the Rangers probably just see him as organizational depth, uh, somebody that can be a solid AHL player for the Hartford Wolfpack, potentially one of the leaders of that team for, once again, some of the younger guys, guys who are considered big-time prospects, because at this point, Elson's 29. I don't think we can really call him a prospect anymore. Again, you never know what can happen. Somebody can always kind of break through late in their career and carve out a nice little role for themselves. I think, once again, though, the odds probably against it. But yeah, you know, think of him as sort of being in the Johnny Brodzinski mold. Uh, that's kind of what I'm doing here. He's someone you can probably call up to the NHL in a pinch, but it's also a case where I don't think the Rangers have any grand plans for him. Uh, but this signing, once again, just fine for what it is. It's organizational depth. It's someone who has enjoyed at least some success in the AHL, and it adds Another veteran player to the Hartford Wolfpack. I wonder if maybe he would be an alternate captain this season coming up. You know, Johnny Brodzinski's probably got the captaincy on lockdown at this point, but uh, I wonder if he would wear the A with the Wolfpack. We'll keep our eye on that, and we'll see. And we'll check in periodically with the Wolfpack from time to time throughout the season anyway. Obviously, most of the focus is always going to be on the Rangers, but uh, certainly we will not ignore the Wolf Pack and whatever's happening uh, with them. So, yeah, a couple of uh, nice signings for the Rangers. They make sense. Obviously, not very expensive and just give you a little bit more organizational depth and a couple of veterans to lead the way for the players on the Hartford Wolfpack. A couple other little pieces of news here before we call it a day. Tyler Mott is still unsigned. We're almost a week into free agency now. Tyler Mott has yet to sign with anyone. I'm going to keep mentioning it. I don't know how likely it is that he's back with the Rangers, but we're going to have a little bit of fun with this, and I'm just going to keep throwing it out there. Every single episode that we do where he's still not signed, I'm going to at least mention it at the end of every single episode. And speaking of players who you know aren't really signed right now, Capo Caco, a restricted free agent, still needs a new contract. No word yet as far as progress there uh, or what the Rangers might look to do with Capo Caco. But we'll see. Uh, my guess, once again, is that he probably comes in on a contract, some kind of a bridge contract at about 22 million per season. Uh, Another reminder for everybody to send me your Artemi Panarin Game 7 stories. We will be doing this in a future episode. Basically, I just want to hear your stories. I want to hear from you guys. I'm going to read the stories on a future episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Who were you with when Panarin scored an overtime of Game 7 against the Penguins? How did you celebrate? Did you think the Rangers would win that game? Etc. etc. Just tell me the story in your words and I'll read them once again on a future episode. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Reminder also to subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers on YouTube. And subscribe. Something else that I want to mention here, every season we do Locked on New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey, and it's a 20-team league because there's, you know, enough interest. That's as high as Yahoo will let us go. You can't do more than 20 teams. Otherwise, I probably would, Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's always a lot of fun every season. Everybody who played last year, you have first dibs on reclaiming your spot for this year. I'll obviously give everybody a little bit of time. I'll drop reminders here and there, and Everybody who played last year, once again, you're more than welcome to play again this year. After a certain amount of time, I'll open it up to, you know, anybody who did not play last year who would like to play this year. So, you can, if if you didn't play last year, you can email me now to kind of save your spot in line. And as far as everybody that played last year, email me. Your spot is secure no matter what. Eventually, we will open it up to people that did not play last year, however. And... Another piece of news, John Davidson inducted into the Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame. So a big, big congratulations to former Ranger uh, goalie and former Ranger color analyst John Davidson. Obviously a really cool honor. Uh, That will pretty much do it for today, though, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to talk about some standouts from the New York Rangers development camp. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.